welcome to this episode of Women to Women podcast series. Our guest today is Suman Cherry. With over 20 years of experience in recruiting, Suman has honed her abilities to quickly grasp the needs of both clients and candidates. As a matchmaker at heart, she takes pride in placing over 500 employees in industries such as medical, oil, gas, construction, and real estate. Welcome to Woman to Woman. So excited to have you with us. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. So you actually bring a very different perspective from um, some of our guests. So I'm excited to hear your point of views and share some of your experiences with our listeners. So let's start with your childhood. How was your childhood? Where did you grow up? How was it? People who influenced you? So I actually, I was born in West Virginia. So I'm a first generation Indian. So my parents came to the United States in the 1970s and they were going to school and they got their engineering degrees in West Virginia. Virginia and we lived there until I was about um, like three, I think about three. And then we moved to Houston. My dad started getting a job with Exxon. And so I grew up in Houston, actually. So I have a little sister. She's three. I guess she's not really little anymore, but she's three and a half years younger than me. Um, you know, I, I feel like I had a good childhood, right? I mean, had struggles like any family has. And obviously my parents did their absolute best. It was a lot for them coming from their country and then coming here. And it was an interesting piece because back then it was all about kind of assimilating into the culture. And so, you know, when we, my daughter, you know, it's very different for her when she goes to schools and stuff, everyone you know, looks like her, right? But when my sister and I went to school, like nobody really looked like us, not very many people. So that was an interesting type of piece. Um, and really my biggest influence is like, I've always been a huge reader. I started to just love reading when I was probably nine or 10 years old. And I just was always obsessed with reading. I've always loved to read um, all types of books, but also to learn, you know, I'm just so interested. I'm curious. Like, I'm curious about everything. So I've always kind of been like that. And that's kind of really my childhood for the most part. Yeah. So what was the plan growing up? Like, what did you want to be? I wanted to be a dancer. Fun. When I was really little, I wanted to be like, you know, a dancer. My sister wanted to be a singer. And then when I got, um, actually, I went to school. I wanted to do public relations. I, so I, I loved, I always knew I loved speaking to people. I've always been in sales and instead of have a sales role. Like, I can remember even when I was like eight or nine years old, like I was an entrepreneur. I would go door to door with like pine cones and sell them for like a penny to my neighbors. I was always like trying to create businesses and I mean, and trying to sell vegetables or selling lemonade. And I was always really into that. And then when I started working, I always, I sort of fell into like sales. That was kind of where I started off my career. And I just always loved working with people and talking to people. And then, so I ended up actually kind of doing what I wanted to do ultimately. So what degree did you get in college? I got a degree in uh, communications, public relations, um, and then a minor in English. So now you Looking back, are there certain courses that you would have taken maybe um, outside of your major that would have really helped you today now just knowing what you know? Um, I think I would take more business classes, right? I think, you know, I was in a fine arts and I don't know how colleges are set up now, but <clears throat> I was all fine art driven, right? So there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of business classes, you know, and there were some legal law communication classes and things like that. But it would have been nice to have taken some more practical applications about business. Um, I think that would be something actually great for any really these you know kind of the practical applications of investment and saving and all these types of budgeting and really understanding like the value of money and like how important it is to um I mean it's a balance right you don't want to live way beyond your means but you don't want to live, live you know too tight as well so I feel like business ca- classes would have been really beneficial for me so now looking back you've done very different things right and you're here today which is great if you had to divide your life and what would they be and how is each one helping you get to the next so I would say that the 
first part, my the first 18 years of my life, um, I was like, didn't really take things too seriously. You know, school, I just, eh, eh, you know, at school and studying, I was always just very extroverted. I wanted to have fun and play and be with my friends and like a lot of, you know, experimenting and kind of pushing the boundaries kind of piece. So I feel like that first 18, maybe a little older, 22, 23, I was still kind of in that stage. And then when I kind of started doing the recruiting piece, um, when I started kind of getting more into my career bases, that's so probably from like 25 to I would say like 40, probably or my late 30s, that was learning my industry and also taking on the responsibility of becoming a mom and, you know, getting married and all the kind of these huge adjustments. And also, I feel like that was when I really grew up, you know, because I feel like even those younger years, even though I was, I hadn't really grown up, right? And then it was like taking on this responsibility and how do you manage all that and really learning so much about myself during that time as well. This is, that time was really the opportunity to like, what do I really believe in? What do I really, what are my values? What aligns to me? And then now that I'm about to be 45 in a couple of weeks, um, I feel like my late thirties do probably whatever period I'm in now, it's just a different place. I've taken so much of, I don't want to say failures, but the things that haven't worked out and so many lessons I've learned and so many things about relationships and, and work and, and all of it, right. in myself. And now I can apply that into my everyday life. That makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you mentioned failures, you know, there's always this one big failure or perceived failure in our mind that, you know, we had to go through and that really changes you. You know, you have deep learnings coming out of it. It changes your perspective. Did you have one such failure that you talk about? I mean, absolutely. You know, I started my own recruiting agency um, probably close to 15 years ago, originally, uh, maybe a little less, but about 15 years ago when I met my husband. And um, it got really big, really fast, like just kind of exploded, right? And I didn't put the right structure in. I mean, it's okay. Hindsight, right? I didn't have the right for it. I didn't have the right structure. So it was very lopsided into like a couple of clients. And then when the economy shifted and those types of things happened, my business just pretty much evaporated within three months, four months, you know, making, and then, so there was this like, like, what do we do now? And my husband and I had to like do a lot of pivoting and there's some shifting, but that experience taught me so much because it was very painful. It was very, very, very humbling. And it was very, very painful. And I had to evaluate the mistakes that I had made. And, and those things were very beneficial because as I recreated my brand now, my company now, I've learned so much from those mistakes, from that experience that I'm, and the positive things from it as well, but I'm learning how to, it's so important in a business to have structure. It's so important to not just jump from one to 70, you know, you've got to get one covered and you got to get two and it might be boring work sometimes and grit work, but that's how you grow a successful business. And I realized that. That's, that's great. And you are in recruiting business, which is not an easy business at all. <laughs> and there are ups and downs because there's no study flow kind of a concept. What do you enjoy about recruiting? Um, I think it's the people aspect, you know, I've just, I've always just, I love to hear people's stories. You know, I love to know about them. I'm just very curious. Like I've always been the super curious kind of nosy person. And so now I get to do it professionally, you know, um, and I just I really enjoy the aspect. I think, you know, I've been in recruiting for 20 years. And I love the aspect of recruiting to be a little bit, I want to say, kind of cup cut above, like when I'm having conversations with with clients and candidates, there's a lot of transparency, there's a lot of honesty. And I enjoy delivering that I love helping confirm my expertise and sort of helping to streamline the whole process. And also on the flip side, it's, it's like a matchmaking piece. So it's really amazing when my clients say like, 
oh, so-and-so is doing so well. They're so happy. They talk, you know, and it's like, you know, you're helping both people or the company and the person like find their match. And that's such a good feeling as well. So I really love that. To somebody who's trying to get into recruiting, again, I'm, most of the people I've talked to and who have been extremely successful in recruiting either come from, you know, people aspect of it or sales aspect of it. And they accidentally fell into it. And then they fell in love and they're like, this is what I want to do. But somebody who's just starting to think about options, career options. Recruiting is a great option. As you said, you know, you get to make matches happen. You know, the right skill set with the right person is a match made in heaven. What would you advise? So I think, you know, the thing about recruiting is it is a tenacious type of job. I mean, it can be um, mind numbing for some people, right? Because you're just like literally looking at resumes all day. You're having similar conversations. But if you're someone who really enjoys, is comfortable being on the phone, enjoys speaking to people, um, isn't afraid to make mistakes because you are like, there's a lot of rejection in recruiting as well. Like I, clients don't always like your candidates and your candidates don't like your jobs. And, and there's a lot of these kind of conversations. But if you're someone who's really thinking about it, a lot of these recruiting firms, if you have a little bit of sales experience or if you have like an outgoing personality, you should go for it. Like these recruiting assistant positions and they're a little grunt at first, but it has to be like that. When I started off in recruiting, it was very different. You, you have to learn how to feel comfortable on the phone, how to feel comfortable to have conversations, how to ask people about their salary, all these types of things um, and have transparency. And that's a that's a skill, right? That's a skill. So absolutely. I, I think it's a great industry to get into for sure. And networking is a big part of it, right? Like a lot of us find jobs through our network, you know, whether it's a LinkedIn network or somebody you met in some event. What is networking for you? And do you have any advice for our listeners? Because that's like our biggest sore point in our focus groups. They're like, how do we start? Where do we go? What are the resources? You know, how do you even put yourself out there? Any advice? I mean, I think the thing is, is that you have to do everything before you're ready and you don't know what it's going to happen, right? You have to take steps towards what you want. So you have to start with the things that you can control. So, you know, your LinkedIn page, if you know, if you're on LinkedIn or if you're not on LinkedIn, you need to get on LinkedIn and you need to make sure your page is a really nice representation of you. You know, make sure there's a, you know, a professional photo, make sure you're asking for those references from people, make sure that you're having your information on there, um, you know, and, and then connect with people, you know, you know, start having those like connections, like connecting with interesting. We see an article that sounds interesting, connect with that person, you know, introduce yourself, you know, and then, and then I think beyond that, it's just, I think if you're someone who you have to, in this, in order to network, it's all, and I hate to sell like sales, but everything is a little bit of a level of sales to it, right? Like you have to put yourself in a place where you are trying to do that, right? Like you are out there, you're having those conversations, you're on LinkedIn, you're making this part of your kind of everyday, you know, like you're joining these meetup groups where these like, the prof there's these, you know, business professional groups and you see, and it might not seem like, oh, what is this going to turn into? But what it turns into is you and you getting more and more comfortable with networking and then it becomes something kind of second nature. Like, so for me now, I, I network, I'm talking to the lady at the grocery store, you know, and behind me and she's like, oh, I have, my husband has a plumbing. I'm like, oh, you know, it's not, what do you guys do? You know, so it's just like, it comes like a second nature piece, I feel like. And we also talk a lot about mentors. You know, a lot of people seek mentors. They have formal mentorship programs at work. Some people actually just build it organically through their own network. What do you feel is the importance of mentors, sponsors, allies? I think that, you know, I think the benefit of having mentors or coaches or whatever feels good to you is that it's someone holding space for you, right? Because I think it's really important to have someone do, who's been through the process and is on the other side of it and understands that you're at, maybe you're at step A and maybe they're at step J or K or something, but they were there and they understand it and they can kind of help you walk through it because it is scary, right? It is scary. Anytime you're stepping into a new career, anytime you're taking a new job, even, even time you're doing anything different and new, there's always a level of uncomfortable, but that's part of it. 
So that's what a mentor can really shine um, on, on the people they work with. And do you think um, if you had to go back, right, and give some advice to your younger self, what would that be? So it's so funny because like I people ask me this question all the time, right? Like, and 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 then people go, I honestly wouldn't tell my younger self any. I wouldn't. I would want her to have experienced all of it because all of it was part of it. So like I, the person I am today and the success and my relationship with my family and all these things that I have and my confidence in myself, my trust in myself came from those younger versions of me that struggled more, you know? No, absolutely. One other thing, right, that stands out, um, you mentioned you hear a lot of rejection in your line of work, you know, a lot of people not happy with the job descriptions, not happy with the candidates. In your personal life, did you ever have to face naysayers and how did you handle it? Um, I mean, I guess I would, I don't think it was an actual external person. I think it was honestly me. I spent a lot of time doubting myself for a really long time and for actually a lot of my life. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time really keeping myself small or thinking I was too big or not putting myself out there or getting thinking, oh, I can't do this and I would quit on something. So I actually think that I was my biggest naysayer, you know, honestly. I think for a lot of women, that's it. You know, sometimes we just inhibit ourselves. We just push ourselves back, even though we can be going forward. That brings me to children. <laughs> you mentioned a daughter. So how have you navigated this whole balancing of career? And you do have a very demanding year and it's, it's your own, which means you need to put a lot more effort into it and a family. Um, Boundaries. It's something that's really important in my life and not burnout. I give myself great. You know, I, I give a lot of effort and then I might now normally it's not as big of a deal because she's at school, but this summer it's been a little bit more challenging, but I just have a lot of open dialogue with her and my husband. Like we look at our schedules in the morning. I'm like, this is what I have going on. He's like, this is, and I'm like, what's negotiable? What's, you know, so we kind of kind of go through that whole process and I'm like, here's what I need. He's like, here's what I need. And then we're like, okay, Olivia. And she's old enough that she can understand. So we're like, okay, Olivia, this is what we need. And she's like, well, this is what I need. I'm like, okay, I commit one hour. I know it sounds kind of, but that's what, how we have kind of planned out our days. And then it's like, no one's had these expectations, right? Like, okay, mom's going to go do this. Daddy's going to go do this. You're going to do this. And then and that's how we kind of manage it. We do our best. <laughs> but I think sometimes it starts early, you know, like if you involve children in the planning of the day, they understand the importance of time and, you know, mom having her own career, dad having their own career and how they fit into the puzzle. And I think that makes them stronger. I do too, because I think it's really, it's really cool for her to see it. Right. And also I think it's so nice because she's here so I can have these little breaks with her and have my like lunch or we can go run out to Starbucks and I can buy her a little pink drink or whatever we're going to do. And we get to, or, you know, my husband will take like a break and go take, go for a swim with her or something like that. So it's nice, you know, it, it, but then also I could have my career as well. So, but it's always like a balancing place. It's always about like understanding what do I, what, and a lot of it's, what do I need? Do I need to go and just take a break? Do I need to go and leave the house? Do I need to go and like go have coffee outside? Like, do I go take dog for a walk? What do I need for myself? Because my goal is to always like try to stay balanced in my life, you know? You work a lot with different kind of people, different kind of candidates, and you see a lot of women in your work. Right. Are there certain attributes, mindset or habit, behaviors that women project that kind of hold them back? Um, I think sometimes women, they they sometimes won't ask for what they want to make. Men are real out men are real decisive. Like when you talk to them about money, they're real comfortable about talking about money. You know, this is what I make, this is my bonuses, this is what my expectations are, this is what I need, this is where I'm at, and they're very decisive. Women, and I'm not, I'm not saying this is all women, but a lot of times women are very wishy-washy. Well, I make this much, but I would probably take for less, and da-da. And I have to honestly say to them, no, why would you take less? Why would you go take less? No, you're not going to take less, you know? And so women are a little more wishy-washy, I feel like, about, like, their comfortability with talking about salary and money. And what should we be doing more of? As women? Yeah. Um, I think it's a balance. I, I mean, you know, and this is my own personal opinion, but I think 
trying to, for women to try to accept themselves as women. We're n- we don't work like men. We don't. We don't work in the way that men work. And I'm not saying this is true for all women or all men, but majority of women, they need flow in their life. They need, they can't just work, 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 and then have all the other responsibilities and they just burn out, right? Women need to have like more of their socializing with their friends and more connection based. And they need to, they really do need that alone time, I feel like too. And men probably do too. Men are very mission focused, you know? So when a woman tries, I feel like a lot of times when a woman tries to go into a workplace being like almost like a man, it, it it's almost unnerving, I think, for the people around them because they get the wrong impression of the woman. Because women we're intuitive and we're flowy and there's a there's a there's a there's a way that we do things. You know, we can get so much stuff done. We're very solution and we can we understand things in a different way. We're not always logical and practical. We just know things. And so I think women should embrace more of that. Embrace more of being who they are. And I think that would be very beneficial for them or for all of us. Have you ever felt during all your time that you didn't get something because you were a woman? There were some perceptions that surrounded the fact that you didn't get what you I could honestly say I, I don't. It, my industry, I, I don't. I don't have a situation like that where that's happened for me, honestly. No, that's great. That's absolutely <laughs> great. It's like, no, I really, I really haven't. There's a lot of women in recruiting. It's a very, it's a very female. I mean, there's a lot of men as well, but there's a lot of, a lot of women in recruiting and they do very, very well. Re- recruiting is a very nice um, profession for women, for sure. You think is it because of their intuition and their you talking to people, you kind of assess a lot more? I think when we are talking to candidates, there's a level of vulnerability when you're speaking to them because, you know, it's a very, it's a very challenging thing. Like if you're in a toxic work environment, you're looking for a new job or if you've lost your job or if a situation where you're looking for new, whatever the situation is, um, or maybe you've gone through a divorce and there's all these things that happen right in life. And I think with, and I'm not saying that all men, but I think that women, we are naturally able to, we were very good listeners. And I think we'll be able, we, we pick up on little things as well. Um, like little things, because, you know, that's our job as recruiters is to pick up on the things that aren't always said, right? And to question those things. And I don't know about you, I think women are excellent questions. We love to ask questions. So yeah, I think women are really good at recruiting. That is true, though. We definitely question everything. <laughs> Yeah. So now let's talk a little bit on the personal side. Anything that not a lot of people know about? You? I mean, it's interesting because I am this very, I mean, I, I am a very extroverted person and I love being around people, but I have this very introverted side of myself as well that, and I really love being alone. Like I really do. I love quiet and, and, and not a lot going on. And, and so there is a side of me that's very introverted based as well. And I think people would be surprised by that. <laughs> so, well, even this has been such a great conversation. Any closing comments or I think the, the main thing is, is that, you know, you have to start before you're ready and whatever it is, you know, you can't wait for the opportunities to come. And that is true of anything in life. You really have to create your opportunities. And that's why you always be kind of questioning those beliefs. Is this really true? Why couldn't I do this? You know, I, I also think that women in general, we're very competitive with each other. We're very competitive. And, and I think that it would be really nice if women would not be so competitive always with other women, what their successes or whatever, instead of seeing it as a place of like that jealousy they feel and we've all felt it that envy they feel use it as a catalyst like like she's doing it I can do this too. Absolutely. No, that's great advice we need to be supporting each other lifting each other up instead of pulling each other down with competitiveness which has no place it has no place well thank you so much Simon for all the great comments and all your advice really appreciate it absolutely thank you so much